Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. afternoon and welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Today, as usual, I guess, if you've been following, if you haven't, then maybe this is a bit unusual. But today it is time to jump into the NRL Power Hour podcast, checking out all eight games throughout the round as the race is now down to nine teams. We've seen Manly Seagulls ruled out, Dragons, I'd already ruled them out last round, and now only one side from outside that top eight have a chance at breaking in. That is the Canberra Raiders. The Premiership race has been blown wide open as well. We saw a massive victory on Thursday night that really changed the landscape of the competition. You've got sides like the Rabbitohs who are hitting form, a side like the Eels who look, they've proven they can beat the best, but they've also proven that they can fully shit the bird. And you've got a few other sides as well. Melbourne Storm definitely making a statement this weekend. Cronulla Sharks almost flying under the radar. And then you've got two Queensland clubs having an amazing redemption season in the Cowboys and Broncos. Not to forget the 8th place Roosters who could arguably be in some of the best form out of all of those sides. So very exciting times. We are now down to 9 sides in the Premiership race. We've got eight games, but first, I'm gonna start off today with my round 22 performance highlights. X Factor player of the round, I've gone Cameron Munster. The fullback switch has totally reignited the Storm season. Munster helping his side get over the top of a Panthers side who have only lost to one other side this year. That being the two losses to the Eels, but this was the best the Storm have looked in quite some time. Munster at the forefront of that, X-Factor player of the round. With Munster running for 196 metres, he had a line break, a line break assist, and nine tackle breaks. So I tell you what, if he continues to finish the season in this kind of form, I tell you what, we could have a bit of a Delium chance right here. It was my prediction pre-season, so uh, we'll have to watch this space as to how that one goes. But X-Factor player of the round, Cameron Munster. As for my rising star, Viliami Vailea. Really happy as a Warriors fan to see this kid back in the lineup. And this is a kid I hope we keep for years to come. And look, knowing the Warriors and how things go, we'll probably keep him for two years. Then he'll go somewhere else and kill it. But the optimist in me says, this is a kid we can build our team around. Filea scoring a try against the Bulldogs, had a try assist, a line break, three tackle breaks, and Filea ran for 137 metres in a big win for the Warriors in Auckland. So with that, Filea, he enters the mix for the 2022 Not Just a Sports Report Rising Star Although, look, I realized it can only be a top four. It was going to be a top five. And yeah, I mean, there are five 
clear front runners, I must say, in the Rising Star race to be voted on over on our Instagram at the end of the year. Right now, Selwyn Cobbo, Isaac Tago, Taylan May, Jeremiah Nanai, and uh, Joseph Suwali. So, I mean, fucking hell. I gotta narrow that five into four, and I honestly have no idea who I'm gonna take out. So, the Rising Star race is definitely well and truly on. We see our latest nomination in Viliami Vilea. As for the Tough Stuff performance highlight, I've gone with Cameron Murray. He got through plenty of tough work on the weekend up against the Eels. Running for 189 metres, he had two line break assists and 42 tackles. So a supreme effort from Cameron Murray. I thought he really led the way to help get that platform going so that his side could absolutely tear the Eels a new arsehole. Because let's be honest, that's basically what happened. Now, as for my cause for concern, usually every week I have one side that is concerning me enough to the point of being my cause for concern. This week I'm actually, I'm I'm not going to go a cause for concern. It could have been the Tigers, like Tigers were probably the most likely, I mean they just dropped down to last. But there has been news, it looks like Isaiah Papali'i is going to honour his deal and head to the Tigers, so I'm like, you know what? Concerns alleviated a little bit, but maybe I'm always going to be concerned about the West Tigers. So look, they've had that mantle plenty of times this year, so I'm not going the Tigers. Could have gone the Manly Seagulls, but no. This week, no cause for concern. Let's just keep it positive. There's no need to dwell on negativity unless it's warranted. And honestly, no side has outright concerned me other than the ones who've just been concerning me all year. So no cause for concern here. We have got eight games to get into though. So now let's get amongst it. Kicking off round 22 on Thursday night, we had our game of the round as the Melbourne Storm stun the reigning premiers in the Panthers 16-0. So look, it wasn't just the attack at full throttle from the Storm. To be honest, it was their defence that was most impressive. The Panthers had plenty of times where they could have scored, and Melbourne, just that want and that desire to get the win, the effort levels, which at times have been questioned in recent weeks, they were there for everyone to see. Melbourne Storm totally shutting down an undermanned Panthers outfit, 16-0, amazing defensive display, and now Melbourne season, well, the revival is on, and none more so, thanks, than to Cameron Munster, some Munster magic, he was my X-Factor player of the round, and he really put on a show in this one. It's only the third loss of the Panthers season, and now they're locked one apiece with the Storm for this year. And you just feel at some point during the finals, these two sides are going to come up against each other. Checking out the highlights, Nick Meany opened the scoring with a try from a Justin Olin break and chip, which looked that was very impressive from Olin. Olin? That's a, not his name. Sorry, Justin. Um, but look, Olin, he broke the line and then, yeah, just put the chip and chase in. And Nick Meany was there. And I was like, oh shit, put a, not too much, just put a little bit of money on the Panthers. And I was like, oh shit, 
definitely got my attention. Fast starters as well, because Storm, they backed that up very quickly. Brandon Smith turning the game on its head with some individual brilliance, breaking through, even putting on a little bit of hectic footwork to score the second try. Then I was truly like, oh shit, with my money on the Panthers. 12-0 to the Storm. We saw Kikau, Viliame Kikau. His try was disallowed, so that would have been a huge moment to get the Panthers back in the game. But this is the NRL. We love to slow it down. We had to check, was there separation? Like, within milliseconds and stuff, like, let's just slow this down. And sometimes I wonder, like, how far along we would be as a society. Would we have, like, flying cars out in the open if we just focused on that technology rather than the crazy amount that we actually look at the bunker? Like, I could fucking live my life without seeing multiple things slowed down. Sometimes the score will be, like, 26-10, and there's only, like, 10 minutes to go. And it's like, honestly, who cares? It's, like, 13th versus 12th or something. Like, do we have to slow it down? Does it matter that much? But anyway, missing the point. And it was a no-try from Viliami Kikau, so kind of just talking shit for no reason. Then, David Nofaluma scored a try. Didn't have to slow that one down to confirm it. And look, Nofaluma, loving his time at the Storm. That's been a bit of point of discussion that, hey, like maybe this loan thing is not the go. What if Nofaluma's like, I want to stay at the Storm now. Uh, I don't blame him. I definitely don't blame him. But going from like being the janitor at some fucking dive to being the janitor at like a mansion or something. I don't know. Not that David Nofaluma is a janitor, uh, but definitely... He'd be feeling like he's gone from janitor to CEO at the moment in an office. He's gone, yeah, Tigers just, they have that effect, unfortunately. So 16-0, Storm get it done, massive morale boost for the boys, and now they can set their sights on the Premiership. In this game, it's no secret who my most valuable player was. That was Cameron Munster, X-Factor player of the entire round. Some other notable stats that caught my eye, 196 run meters for Sunua, Sunia, sorry, Taruva, young Fijian star in only his second game, although I do think we'll see him at the World Cup. And to be honest, I think, oh, my phone, no. You ruined my podcast. I ruined my own podcast by having it on loud. I could be like 200 podcasts deep into not just the sports report now. And yeah, Still no, still no fucking phone silence. My bad. Let's move on. Phone is now silenced. 196 meters for Sunia Taruva, who I honestly think he's going to unsurp Charlie Staines for a spot on that side. Like, if they do have an injury on the wing, I think Taruva's probably a better shout at this point than Charlie Staines. Defensively, the Storm were brilliant. That was the point I highlighted. No one better in defense than Harry Grant. 64 tackles with only very few misses. So he was targeted, got through 68 tackles, and he was a big lift. That performance lifted everyone around him, and you saw in defense how everybody responded. Justin Olam also had a brilliant game, ran for 168 meters, had a try assist, two line breaks, and three tackle breaks. 
Tell you who else had a ripper game, kind of flew under the radar. Nelson Asofa Solomona made 10 tackle breaks, made three offloads as well. So he's breaking tackles, he's creating second phase play, and he ran for 130 meters as well. Nelson Asofa Solomona, I think he's a big, quite literally, key to Melbourne's push for a premiership. They need him playing as many minutes as he can churn out. In the not-so-desirable stats, Arpi Corusau, probably the highlight there, 10 missed tackles for Arpi. Not the best game for him, but, I mean, I'm not going to knock Arpi Corusau. He's been killing it for ages. So, look, I would have missed more. I would have missed more than 10. So, still, just thought I'd highlight, and I will on a couple of occasions, some stats that I definitely don't think helped their side. Arpi Corusau, 10 missed tackles. That was kind of the clear one for me in this one. On to the talking points. Now, three quarters of the spine for the Panthers were out of action. We saw Dylan Edwards ruled out late, so Charlie Staines came in at fullback. Taylor May actually also didn't play, so Robert Jennings came in. Oh, Robert Jennings was on the bench, actually. Taruva came in. That's right. I think Charlie Staines got hooked from memory. They ended up just bringing him to the bench, and then Robert Jennings got on. So not great signs for Charlie Staines, who probably off to the Tigers or Bulldogs. But yeah, that definitely something worth noting. Three quarters of the Panthers spine out. No Luai, no Cleary, and no Dylan Edwards, who you could even argue has been their best this season. Panthers, they're still in the box seat. I definitely think that they're going to get this done this year, although I'm excited to watch this all play out. They're still in the box seat, but now, more than any point this season, the Premiership race is open. So I'm pumped up, hyped for the finals. Storm, well, they've shown they are hyped for the finals, flexing their Premiership muscle. We had Cameron Munster killing it. Also really impressed with Cooper Johns and the way he stepped into the halves and just played his role and helped the team get some wins. So I'm very interested. Do we see Nick Meany if they decide to go Munster at fullback? Do they go Nick Meany at 5'8"? Or do they play him on the wing? I think they'll play him 5'8", because now they've got Nofaluma and, of course, Xavier Coates. But yeah, I'm interested. Will they go Cooper Johns? Will they go Nick Meany? We'll touch on that during the week, shall we? It's also going to be the end of an era at Melbourne. Last couple of years, we've seen guys like Cameron Smith, Cooper Cronk, Billy Slater all leave the club. Then, of course, you had guys like Suliasi Vunivalu, Josh Adokar, who'd been integral to that latest era of success. And now, guys like Jesse Bromwich, Kenny Bromwich, Felice Kafusi, all off to the Dolphins, Brandon Smith off at the end of the year as well. It's going to be interesting. It's definitely, it's, I'm not saying it's the end of their success, but you can't deny it's the end of an era. The Bromwich brothers, I mean, they, they've been at the storm for a hot minute. Felice Kafusi, he's been a walk-up starter ever since Kevin Proctor left. And yeah, it's, it's interesting. I do think the storm are going to have a lot of motivation. I mean, given this is the Bromwich brothers last season, same for Kafusi. And I don't think you can understate the Storm's chances when it comes to the finals this year. They've also had their backline boosted. They've got Nofaluma and Xavier Coates, who's returned. 
So now those wing positions, they can breathe a little bit easier because they were struggling at points with Dean Iremia and Grant Anderson out on the wings. Now they've got some really quality first graders, more than quality really, in David Nofaluma and Coates. We also see on the Panthers front, their assistant coach Cameron Seraldo has signed with the Bulldogs. He will be their coach going forward. That's a massive signing for the Dogs. And we'll have to wait and see, watch this space. How's that gonna be in terms of a loss for the Panthers? Could be bigger than we expect. I think Cameron Seraldo, he had a major, major hand at bringing pretty much all these boys through. He coached at under 20s level, won a premiership, coached at New South Wales Cup level, won a premiership, He's been part of the Panthers NRL setup, won a premiership. He was even head coach for a little bit at the Panthers when they got rid of Anthony Griffin. So look, I have all faith. Now's the time. Cameron Seraldo has put the runs in and yeah, I think he's ready. So Cameron Seraldo to the Bulldogs, congratulations to him and congratulations to the Bulldogs. I think that's a fantastic signing. Checking the ladder, Panthers still first. I, has there been any point this season other than maybe round one where I haven't been like, yeah, Panthers first. As for Storm, well, a huge win for them. If they had lost this, which many people thought they were going to, including myself, they would have dropped out of the top four and they could have been in danger of potentially dropping out of the top eight. Massive stretch, but it wasn't impossible. It was something that could happen. Storm got the win. They are now outright fourth place so they have secured their spot in the top four for now and it's up to them to defend it with victories panthers first storm outright fourth could we see this again finals week one gee whiz wouldn't that be a way to set the tone i'm also going to have a look in reserve grade this weekend and just list for each team or not for each team but for one of each team that had played on the weekend their reserve grade performer, who's someone that is realistically someone that can break into their first grade side due to injury, suspension, or even next year. Um, and yeah, reserve grade performer, young Tonamapea, returning to the Storm only recently from Rugby Union, and he played really well for the Sunshine Coast Falcons up against the Brisbane Tigers. So interesting note there. The two Storm affiliate clubs are the Tigers and the Falcons. So essentially, that's a great game for the Storm to have a look and be like, okay, who stood out? Young Tonamapea, he was the one that stood out. He has previous NRL experience, picked up a double in the centres, and given what we've seen this year with the Storm and their backline woes, it is not unrealistic to suggest that maybe we see young Tonamapea line up for the Storm in their best 17 this year at some point i mean they've been ravaged by injuries more than any other side in the comp so young tonamapea puts himself forward and says hey coach bellyache if you need me i'm there and i can do a job next up panthers up against the rabbitos round 23 gee whiz that's the game of the round that is the game of the round panthers have been in like four or five consecutive games of the round. But I mean, Panthers, Rabbitohs. We have a grand final rematch next week, folks. It's Monday. 
don't mind me, yeah, trying to work out what day it is, but it's actually Monday. So, game of the round is this weekend. We do not have to wait long, folks. Panthers, Rabbitohs, that is going to be a good one. And as for the Storm, another absolute belter of a clash. We have the Melbourne Storm travelling to Brisbane to take on the 6th place Brisbane Broncos at Suncorp Stadium. Those are two big-ass motherfucking games right there that I am very keen for. But you know what else I was keen for? For the first time, to be honest, in a long time? That was the early Friday game, and the Warriors, my side, up against the Bulldogs. Excitement levels rose, knowing, hey, we could be a chance here. And for the first time in weeks, I actually tipped the Warriors. So look, now we've gone through the Thursday night action, Let's get amongst our two Friday games. On to the Friday action now. And look, it's good to say all is right in the world. Yesterday when I wrote my notes, there were some stories. Roger Shuivasashek. Now, I don't know if you're familiar, if you've seen him. If you're a rugby league fan, I'd be surprised if you haven't. He's been rearing his beautiful head uh, at Warriors games, right in front of the coach's box as well. He's just got that perfect spot. He's a Warriors member as well, a paying member. So look, this bloke, this bloke's been waiting years to see his side back in Auckland. All the guy wanted to do was shoeys, do a big old shoey. I gotta say though, the shoe doesn't look, the shoe looks brand new, which I, that's fine. I, I give extra points to someone if um, it's straight off their foot. I think that's a true authentic shoey. I'm not a huge proponent of the shoey out of like a brand new shoe, but I don't know. It could be his shoe. Don't fact check me. What I do know is that stories have confirmed Roger Shuivasashek, as real names like Kellen, I believe, or Kelly, um, but yeah, he, he gets to stay. So they were saying he was going to get a lifetime ban, and I would have been outraged, but he's here to stay, and I tell you what, next game in Auckland, wowee, isn't that going to be a moment if they let him do the shoey? And if they don't, then we riot, quite simply. Like, what what the fuck? If he can't do a shoey in front of the coach's box, I'm not here. I'm not here. Anyway. Onto the actual game itself. The New Zealand Warriors with our best win of the season, 42 to 18 over the Bulldogs. Sweet victory at last for the Warriors. And I was loving it. I was enjoying it thoroughly. I even got a few drinks, although I didn't drink them out of my shoe. Maybe, maybe I should. Maybe that's something to consider. Anyway, checking the highlights for this one. Warriors got out to an early lead with a try to Viliami Valer my rising star of the round, followed by a Dallin Wateni Zelezniak intercept. That put the Warriors up 12-0. Dogs then hit back through Jake Avarillo, but Edward Kosey scored a try shortly after. So Warriors going into halftime 18-6 leaders. Then though, Kyle Flanagan scores a try in the opening minutes of the second half. I started to get nervous. I, I can't lie, I was quite nervous. Then all of a sudden, Josh Adokar gets an intercept try, scores a locked up 18-all. 
And to say I'm nervous is, it's an understatement. At that time, I was more than nervous. Now, Stormbound Iliasia Katoa, he gets the Warriors in lead, scores a try, and then the Warriors score three tries in the final six minutes. Edward Kosey scored his second, Adam Fanua Blake scored one right at the end, and Sean Johnson scored a try. Now, I don't want to cast your mind back too far to last week's preview, but did I not, with much hesitation, but still said it, Sean Johnson, anytime try scorer. Look, thank me later for the excellent value that I bring with my predictions. Let's forget about my preseason prediction where I said the Warriors were going to finish fifth. Uh, let's write that one off. Let's let's think more about the Sean Johnson anytime try scorer. Not a bad shout. I actually wish I put money on it, but as I said, I was hesitantly said it. Now. MVP for this game, Torhu Harris. He was incredible for us. 234 meters over 25 runs. Also made 33 tackles in what was a genuine captain's knock from Torhu. Some other notable stats, Edward Cozy scoring two tries. Really happy to see the way he's been able to rebound from what was a very tough lesson in Melbourne earlier this year. And I was there. It was a tough watch. And no one, I think, felt shitter after that game than Edward Cosey. So to see him respond has been awesome. Reese Walsh was also quality. Good luck at the fucking Broncos, your dog. Respectfully, I'm actually a huge fan. He, he's going for the right reasons. So I say that in jest. Genuinely good luck to Reese Walsh. And look, he's been putting in the performances. Hasn't shied away from his duties finishing the year off at the Warriors strong, ran for 144 metres, two try assists, and eight tackle breaks for the youngster. As for some talking points, I mentioned in the last game, Cameron Seraldo. He is going to take the Bulldogs forward into what looks like it's going to be a very bright new chapter. With Seraldo, could come some interesting signings as well. Stephen Crichton's name has already been floated about, and I think that is a very genuine option. Charlie Staines, someone you could say potentially on the outer at Penrith as well. I think if he's looking for a home and he's got the West Tigers reaching out and he's got Cameron Seraldo reaching out, I think he's more inclined to go to the dogs. That's if they're after him. Having a look at who's incoming as well for the dogs, they've got Reed Marnie, Viliami Kickout on the way, Ryan Sutton, and I also read, but haven't had confirmed, Franklin Pele, who very young big bopper from the Cronulla Sharks system, been tearing it up in reserve grade. Franklin Pele and Andrew Davey, veteran back rower at the Manly Sea Eagles, hearing that both of them are on their way to the Bulldogs. As for the Warriors, well, we got a new coach as well. Also a Panthers assistant. So Bulldogs and Warriors from the bottom of the ladder just being like, yoink, you know, we'll take some, take some influence from the top of the table. Why wouldn't you? So Andrew Webster on his way back to the Warriors, this time to coach the club as their head coach. And look, Andrew is going to need time and patience to turn things around. I'm realistic now, says the guy who put the Warriors in fifth going into the preseason. But... Now I'm being realistic. 
he needs time. And Warriors, we're losing a few. Reese Walsh, Chanel Harris Tavita. I would expect the Cowboys are going to take Dejan Arcee back. Jesse Arthurs and the Broncos. I think we're more likely to keep Jesse Arthurs, given that we need him a lot more. And we're giving them Reese Walsh. So it's like, come on. Come on, just give us Jesse Arthurs. We've also saw Matt Lodge leave the club. Looking way fitter, way stronger, significantly better than he did at any point, to be honest, at the Warriors. And I don't even know if that's a reflection on Matt Lodge. I think that might be a reflection on the Warriors, to be honest. Ewan Aitken, he's also leaving. Eliasia Katoa is off to the storm. And Cody Nikarima is going to join Ewan Aitken over at the Dolphins. And he's actually already left. He was like, you know what? I'm going to go to the Rabbitohs. So Cody Nikarima... He jumped ship halfway through, and now he actually gets to think about finals football. So, a few losses from this Warriors side. As for who's coming in, Chance Nicole Klukstad, really happy to see him return to the club. Dylan Walker, coming over from the Seagulls, who, to his credit, has the ability to cover many positions on the field. Mitchell Barnett, Wooshka, fucking bang. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Your teams better watch out because the Warriors, we're going to have Mitch Barnett not afraid to bring some aggression into the game. I, I actually really like that signing. It's what we need a little bit of, you know. We need a bit of mongrel in amongst that pack. So Mitchell Barnett on his way. Luke Metcalf, another signing that I'm really happy about. Tamari Martin, fantastic, excellent. And Marata Niukore as well as the boost of returning to Auckland on a permanent basis. So look, I'm a happy Warriors fan right now, coming off that win. Looking at the ladder, not as happy. Dogs 12th, Warriors 13th, both on 14 points. My goodness, my heart will be racing all year. Can we take 12th spot from the Bulldogs? Well, we may very well, because we beat them here. Equal points, 12 and 13 sensational new coaches new signings that's why i mentioned them because there's some shit to look forward to for both teams as for my reserve grade performer i've gone with Gerald skelton who he's come over from the melbourne rebels rugby union and he's doing a fantastic job in the centers i think at some stage next year we're going to see Gerald skelton make his way into the nrl he's my reserve grade performer for the dogs and having a look at what's next up Bulldogs are playing the Eels, which you may think, oh, there we go, that's a gimme game for the Eels. Yeah, well, that's what I thought last time. And dogs didn't just beat the Eels, they pulled their pants down. If it's a literal eel, like, and it's a literal bulldog, this dog just literally ate the eel and fucking spat it back in the river or wherever eels are from. Rivers, yeah? Fucking doesn't matter. Anyway, Warriors and Cowboys in Townsville. That's another one where it's like, oh yeah, that's another gimme for the Cowboys. Warriors beat the Cowboys earlier this year. Bit of a Twilight Zone energy about that, but should be interesting to see how those games play out on the weekend. But let's stick to round 22, and now it's time to jump into the Friday night game. We had Bunnies hammering a very ordinary Eels side. Very, very ordinary Eels. And I talked in the weekly preview, as you may hear some gusts of wind, I apologize. Uh, I talked about how I had potentially 
Premiership Visions. Uh, in the preseason, and I didn't pick Eels as my Premiership winners, but they're the kind of side where you're like, okay, do I have them like top four? Or are they going to miss the eight altogether? This is coming into the preseason. I was like, ugh. Honestly, you never know with the Eels. They genuinely could just like have a full bed shit. And yeah, I said, the reason I put them in my top eight is because I had visions of them winning a premiership. That's so Raven style. Uh, well, I am, looks like 0 for 1 on the vision front. Parramatta now 7th place. And yeah, sorry for sharing such a ridiculous vision with you. Can't believe that. What a week to share the vision. Rabbitohs 26, Eels nil. And that, I didn't have that vision, that's for sure. One-way traffic all night. Bunnies absolutely demolishing Parramatta. Damian Cook, he sent Cody Walker over early in the game. And then Cody Walker almost scored a second try very early on. It was disallowed. But at that point, alarm bells were no doubt ringing. Then Isaac Thompson scores a try. Isn't he warming to first grade very nicely? Then Alex Johnson scores a try. Bunnies lead 14-0 at halftime. So Eels still well and truly in the contest. But then after halftime, Alex Johnson scores his second try. We saw two Mike Acevo no tries, which could have really given the Eels a chance but that was kind of just the story of their night. And then Cody Walker crossed for his second try, 26-0, full time. It's just classic Eels, so inconsistent. They can beat a Storm, they can beat the Panthers, not once, but twice. And then they can get smashed by the Dogs, they can lose to the Tigers, they can get smashed by the Bunnies, who they're supposed to be equal with if you look at the ladder. They're supposed to be on the same level. So. At this point, I don't know. Do I give up on the Premiership vision? Probably, honestly, at this stage. I think, I think I'm think i 0 for 1 on the vision front. MVP for this one, Latrell Mitchell. He ran for 211 metres, 3 line breaks, 1 try assist, 2 line break assists, and 9 tackle breaks for Latrell, who was at his absolute best in this one. To be fair, actually, not even just at his best in this one. I think this is the best version of Latrell Mitchell that we have seen to date. And that's considering he's a two-time Premiership winner in the centres at the Roosters. But he moved over for the chance to play fullback. And yeah, now we are seeing him really warm into that role. He is the form player across the entire competition. Latrell Mitchell, MVP in this one. That moves the Bunnies up to fifth place on 28 points. And also on 28 points... This was a really bad loss for them. The Eels, now dropping to 7th. They're going to have to defend their position in the top 8. And yeah, that's a massive loss. They lose to the Bunnies. Bunnies leapfrog them. And now South Sydney, really starting to get their season going. Checking out the notable stats. Two tries for Cody Walker. Two tries for Alex Johnston. Defensively, Reed Marnie was a target all night for the Rabbitohs. He had to get through 65 tackles. I thought Tevita Totola was absolutely remarkable once again. Who, if you've listened the last three weeks, he had a three straight week streak. That was a bit of a tongue twister. Of being the Tough Stuff Performance Highlight winner across the whole competition. So I think Tevita Totola 
He has been a massively unheralded star in the South Sydney rise. He is laying the platform for guys like Cody and Luttrell to do their thing. So Tevita Totola, I think he's in career best form as well. Someone who, probably not in career best form, Wunger Blake, three errors in this game, really didn't give his side a chance to get in the game. And it definitely wasn't all on Wunger Blake. He was out on the wing. So no attack on Wunger Blake, but three errors. That was kind of like the shitty performance highlight. Uh, Again, respectfully. Now, the Eels, their inconsistency. I've spoken about it. It's... Yeah, it's how are you going to win a premiership? you got to win four weeks in a row. Did someone tell them this? They're, they're actually now having to defend their spot in the final series altogether. They could still drop out. So, yeah, my premiership visions and then being super impressed by wins against the Panthers and the Storm. But it's like, cool, what are you going to do from seventh place, though? I, I don't know. I really don't think they have the consistency to win four weeks in a row. And let's see, I've been proven wrong before. Same guy who during the week said I had premiership visions. I think the Eels can actually do it. So we don't know. We have to see. And then we'll have hindsight. But Eels, ugh, just too inconsistent this year. I, I don't think they can win the premiership now. As for the Bunnies, they are serious contenders. They are really warming to the task. You've got Luttrell in career best form, Tevita Totola in career best form, Cameron Murray killing it, and you've got two experienced leaders in Damian Cook and Cody Walker, neither of them having a premiership win under their belt. So they haven't got all the time in the world, realistically. They may only have a few chances before their career is said and done, and I really think Cody Walker and Damian Cook are going to be taking this very seriously, as are the whole team. But a lot of these players in this South lineup are young. They have great years ahead of them. Damian Cook, Cody Walker, they are in their prime now. Both of them entered the NRL a little bit later in their career. They weren't handed a debut at 18, 19, 20. They really had to go the long way around. So now they've only got a few years, and I really think that is going to play a part in lifting the Rabbitohs to the next level. I've got to give a huge rap as well to Dean Hawkins. He stepped into the halfback position with Lachlan Ilias out, and I thought Dean Hawkins was really steady. That That's only going to build his stock and his credit going into next year as a potential option in the halves. So really happy to see Dean Hawkins get a great win in an important position. And Hawkins, he's been in the Rabbitohs system for a while now. I watched him coming through the under-20s. He's played plenty of New South Wales Cup. And look, he's developed, and he's starting to show the fruits of his development. The biggest talking point, though, is we have a top-four race going on right now. Both of these sides still in it, but for the Eels, they are vulnerable, given that the Roosters and Raiders are right below them. As for the Bunnies, though, they are genuine options. They are right in the mix to finish in the top-four Although they have arguably one of the hardest runs out of everyone on the way through to the finals. So that's either going to steady them and make them a better side. I mean, they did just shellac the Eels. But yeah, there are going to be some tests in there. So maybe they finish just outside of the top four. 
but no doubt Rabbitohs are premiership contenders. Checking out reserve grade performer. I had two of them for the Eels. We had Sean Russell, who scored a hat-trick, and Makahesi Makatoa, who actually only just got omitted from the first grade side. Well, he responded in style. 242 run meters for Makahesi Makatoa. And yeah, I think he'll be back in the Eels side next week, given how shit they were this week. And that, it doesn't even have to be respectfully. Like, that was shit from them. Not saying I could do better. But yeah, SHIT. Now, Eels next up, they are hosting the Bulldogs, a side who actually owned them earlier this year. So, who even knows? At this point, who even knows? Like, I'd say, yeah, sure, Eels. They're going to be much better than they were on this past weekend's game. But still, at this point, I'm like, I honestly don't even know where the Eels are at. Bit of a Bermuda Triangle of a side. As for the Bunnies, they host Penrith Panthers in the game of the round. So look, all of a sudden, if Rabbitohs win that, then you never know. Top four could be on. So huge game for the Rabbitohs. For the Eels, it's a big test for them as well. They've got to prove that not just that they can get over these top sides, but that they have the consistency to beat these lower sides as well. We'll have to wait and see though. Round 23 coming up. But now, let's get into the Super Saturday action. Kicking off Super Saturday, we had a game with a lot of meaning and emotion behind it. Two sides directly linked with the great Paul Green, the late great Paul Green. Spoke about that in the preview podcast. Really unfortunate. Really unfortunate. And going into this one, emotions definitely high. We had the Roosters, as they sounded a warning to the rest of the competition, getting up over a very resilient Cowboys side in an emotional week. Roosters 32-18 to over the Cowboys at the SCG. Sussing out the highlights, we saw Joseph Suwali. He scored the first try, and every week... The talk grows, like, get this kid in the Kangaroos World Cup squad. I think he'll be there, and I think he more than deserves to be there. I'm saying next year as well, I believe, he'll be the origin winger. So, look, Suwali, he's a gun. He scored the first try for the Roosters. Then, Matt Lodge crashes over in the front row. Massive point of difference. Over especially the last couple of weeks, Matt Lodge and Jared Waria Hargreaves in the front row have made such an enormous impact with how hard they've run through the middle, their defense, and their energy. Matt Lodge scoring a try to back up the energy, and then we saw Murray Taolonghi get North Queensland on the board. So at this stage, it is 10-6, and then Daniel Tupo crosses before halftime, just to get the Roosters that little bit clear over the second-placed Cowboys. Then after the break, Sam Verrills, crosses for a try, extends the lead to 20-6, to and Verrills, during the week, signing with the Gold Coast Titans. Doesn't want to play off the bench next year with the arrival of Brandon Smith. I don't blame him. He's a premiership winning dummy half. So yeah, big signing for the Titans. Sam Verrills off to the Titans, but he's still got work to do at the Roosters. That evident with his first try after the break. 
Then Reese Robson scored off a Griffin Neem offload for the Cowboys. Griffin Neem, someone who I'm a huge fan of as a Kiwi. I can't wait to see him in the Kiwis World Cup squad at the end of the year. Then Jared Waria Hargreaves scores a try. Huge lift from the props in this game. Like, Waria Hargreaves and Lodge both scoring tries, both having a huge say on the result as well. Massive point of difference was the front row of the Roosters. And that includes the dummy half, Sam Verrills, who ends up getting a second try in this one. Best performance he's had this year. Best performance he's had in a long time, given that he has had some injury struggles in the last year or so. Hamiso Tabuai Fado scored a late try, but it was not enough. Roosters getting it done 32-18, to and looking very impressive whilst doing so. My most valuable player in this one, I went with Sam Verrills, Gold Coast bound. Two tries, a try assist, two line breaks, a line break assist, 35 tackles, over 77 minutes. So he almost got through the full 80. Sam Verrills, massive, massive performance for him. They really needed that from him. And look, this kid is a first grader. He's a starting number nine. So I think it's a really good call from him to go and look for another club. Yeah, the Roosters are great, and you'll always be in a premiership window. At least, that's my take. But Verrills is too good to be playing off the bench on New South Wales Cup. He was my most valuable player in this one. And the front row of the Roosters in general, they were just outstanding. Now, just casting my eye over the notable stats. Reese Robson, 57 tackles and a try. Definitely tried to get his side competing in this one. Jared Waria Hargreaves. I keep speaking about the influence of these front rowers. He was awesome. 180 run meters plus a try. And Joseph Suwali. Keep mentioning it every week as well how physical this kid is at such a raw age. Two line breaks and a try for Suwali. Victor Radley. Fantastic ball playing lock. Two try assists for him. And James Tedesco doing what Tedesco does, nine tackle breaks, which if that was anyone else, it'd be like, what a fantastic game. James Tedesco just does it every week. It really is incredible. Now, it was a tough week for the Cowboys, no doubt, no doubt. So there's no criticism or anything of their performance. Now though, they are fighting to hold on to second position. They've got sides really preparing to make a run just below them. And if Cowboys can hold on and secure that second finish, they'll get the Townsville home finals run, potentially all the way up to the grand final, which of course is in Sydney. At least at this stage, I saw some stadium stash. I was like, eh, I don't have the time nor the energy to invest in reading that. I don't really care. If it's in Sydney, cool. If it's in Brisbane, awesome. But yeah, sometimes those articles... I know something's going on, some stadium stash, and to be honest, I don't care. So wherever it is, I mean, if it is in Brisbane, holy shit, this could be a magical run for the Cowboys. But most importantly, they need to hold on to that second spot. As for the Roosters, well, Trent Robinson, he has his lads peaking at the right time of year. They are premiership threats. The signing of Matt Lodge has made a significant difference for them as well. And up against the Cowboys, well, look, they were the better side twice this year. And that is a big statement. 
given that Cowboys are in second. Now equal points though with the third placed Sharks. As for the Roosters, they are eighth. One win behind the Broncos, Eels and Rabbitohs. But they have better points differential than the Broncos and Eels. So they could shoot all the way up to fifth realistically here. Only Souths have a better points differential. Of course, the Roosters only one win clear of the Canberra Raiders. So the pressure is not off at all. I think that's kind of what is driving them to have this really strong finish. Roosters realistically could end the season in fifth if they continue to play the way that they have been. I tell you what as well, maybe at some stage, I mean, unlikely with only a couple of weeks left now, but reserve grade performer, they may need to call on this guy. Started the year at the Tigers, coming over from the English Super League, where he was a premiership winner, as well as being an English international. That man is Oliver Gildart. He's come over to the Roosters to finish the season. Five tries playing in the centres on the weekend. Just goes to show, once you put them in a better system or environment, I mean, Oliver Gildart looked awesome in the Super League. He looked awesome at international level as well, so I was a bit surprised that he didn't really... I mean, no, it wasn't, to be honest, because he was at the Tigers, but no offence, Tigers fans, but it's true. It's no doubt true, and this is coming from a Warriors fan. Like, I'm, I'm not saying we're any better, but the Roosters, I would say their systems are better. Oliver Gildart, five tries in the centres, as North Sydney Bears put 60 points on their opponents, who I believe were the Knights from memory. So Oliver Gildart, look, I don't know if he's going to stay at the Roosters. I did see an article that he might be on his way to the Dolphins next year. But that's interesting. Oliver Gildart, tell you what, if he goes to the Dolphins, he may very well be their starting center. So huge game from the reserve grade performer, Oliver Gildart. And next up, Cowboys host the Warriors. Of course, last time out, Sean Johnson, the field goal, getting the win. This time, though, Cowboys cannot afford to drop this game, hosting the Warriors in Townsville. As for the Roosters, they host the West Tigers in what is a must-win game. Tigers do tend to find ways to trouble the Roosters, funnily enough. So it is a must-win game. Roosters have to maintain their focus, and I think ultimately their key to success is the way they've been playing. Physical, Waria Hargreaves, Lodge up front, Sawali and Tupo with some real physical carries out of their own end. I think that desire and that want to win and thriving under the pressure, the Roosters, that's what they need to lean on. So we'll wait and watch the space as to how that game plays out. But now it's time to get in to the second Super Saturday fixture. Tamworth was the scene for our Saturday evening game as the Sharks got the win over the Tigers. Pretty easy, pretty convincing win as well. 36-12 in the end. Sharks just far too good for a now last placed once again Tigers outfit. Most valuable player in this one? I've gone with Nico Hines who is well and truly living up to his marquee value being brought over as a star player. Had a try assist in this one and also ran for 223 metres. Some other notable statistics. Blake Braley, fantastic on both sides of the ball. 39 tackles as well as two try assists for Blake. 
Braden Hamlin Ueli was solid up front as well. Two line breaks for Hamlin Ueli. And Jesse Ramian and Lockie Miller. Look, the Tigers just couldn't get their hands on them. 12 tackle breaks combined for Ramian and Miller. And the West Tigers were just far too pedestrian in defence. Also, five errors from Brent Naden. Five errors is a lot. Five errors, that is a lot. Just saying. Now, talking points. Sharks, they are right in the Premiership mix. It must be a very exciting time to be a fan of the Cronulla Football Club. And this is only year one of the Craig Fitzgibbon era. So it seems as though things are only going to get better from here. And that this is where the Sharks want to be every year. That was kind of their headspace when they brought Fitzgibbon over to the club. And we're seeing it pay dividends in only year one. Can they go all the way? I like to think that they can. I really do think they can. They're in third place, equal with the second placed Cowboys. And honestly, I think Cronulla are flying under the radar compared to teams like the Panthers, Rabbitohs, Storm and Roosters. As for the Tigers, they dropped down to last place. And yeah, it's been a season to forget. Only four wins in 21 outings. Reserve grade performer, well, there's a bright spot for the Tigers and they may need him if David Nofaluma ends up liking Melbourne a little bit too much. Junior Tupo, young winger for the Tigers, scored two tries in reserve grade, and he's putting his hand up for a few more appearances at the top level. Next up, Tigers have the Roosters. Another tough ask for them. Whilst Cronulla, it's going to be a tough game for them as well, taking on Manly at Four Pines Park, but you just know... Seagulls are definitely going to be fired up for that one. Sharks though, way too good for the Tigers on this occasion, as we then led in to a Saturday night game at Suncorp Stadium, where the Brisbane Broncos held on to their final spot with a 28-10 win over the Newcastle Knights. The Broncos raced out to an early lead, 18-0 at half time, looked like they could put a cricket score on, Selwyn Cobbo, Corey Oates, and Ezra Mam all scoring in the first 40 minutes. But then, Newcastle actually got themselves back into the contest for a point there. Daniel Saifiti, Bradman Best, both scoring tries to bring it to 18-10. But then in the last 10 minutes, Selwyn Cobbo scores another two tries. That rounds his tally to a hat-trick for this game. And in the end, Broncos 28-10 winners over the Knights. My MVP in this one was Selwyn Cobbo. He is such a young star. Three tries, 196 metres, as well as 10 tackle breaks. I think we'll see Cobbo in the Kangaroos World Cup squad at the end of the year, and that's not really a stretch to say. Some other notable stats. Payne Haas was outstanding defensively. 43 tackles and no misses for the elite front rower. And Corey Oates... Hasn't he just had a fantastic year, a career best year, coming off what you could say were probably his career worst last couple of years. Really good to see him back in form, Oates running for 223 metres, scoring a try and having nine tackle breaks. Brisbane's wingers proving to be way too much of a problem for the Knights in this one. And also, huge return for the Broncos, and I actually think this kind of had a hand in why they've returned to the form. To be fair that they were in when this guy was in the side. Tamare Martin returned at fullback. Two try assists for Tamare. 
And I think he's got to be their fullback leading into the final series. As for a performance that was not so good, Inari Tuwala, three errors, as well as only having 62% tackle efficiency. So he'll need to be better next week, but he's a good young player, so I'm sure he will. Now, Knights, they have regressed totally this year from being a top eight side to now sitting in 14th place. Whilst it's been the opposite for Brisbane, with the Broncos staying in touch with finals, they are now sixth spot, equal points with Rabbitohs and Eels, and they are one win ahead of the Roosters. They're also only one win behind the Melbourne Storm, who sit in fourth place. And look, you want to know what's up next for Brisbane? They'll be hosting the Melbourne Storm at Suncorp Stadium. So massive game with top four implications. And for the Knights, they'll be hosting the Raiders, who are still definitely in calculations. That one taking place in Newcastle. And I do think that could potentially be a bit of a danger game for the Raiders. Speaking of the Raiders, well, they took part in the Sunday action. So did a couple of other sides. So now, as I'm sure you're aware, it is fully time to get amongst the Sunday fixtures. On to the Sunday games, starting with Raiders Dragons, where the Canberra side, the Green Machine, managed to keep their season alive in a tight showdown with the Dragons. Raiders 24-22 winners, and they keep their finals hopes alive. So Ricky Stewart would have been going off on the couch watching that one. And for the Dragons, three tries from Talatau Amon, a career best game, but it was not enough to stop the Raiders. My most valuable player in this one, I've gone with Xavier Savage. I thought he had an excellent game, running for 159 meters, as well as setting up two tries, which is a big deal in a game that was only decided by two points. So good to see Xavier Savage starting to add some strings to his bow in terms of his ball playing. And looking at the other notable stats, Andrew McCulloch, 43 tackles, so he definitely got through a lot of work. And Talatau Amon, arguably the best player on the field, three tries, eight tackle breaks, and what was the best game we've seen from him. So I think Dragons can take some positives from that outing, as can the Raiders, who now they can shift their focus toward their next opponent and keeping this run going to try and work their way into the finals. A real turning point has honestly been the addition of Zach Wolford. I spoke earlier in the year about the Raiders and how they weren't going to start Tom Starling, Josh Hodgson injured, and look, they were rolling with Adam Elliott in the dummy half position, Matt Frawley, and it just wasn't working at NRL level. Enter Zach Wolford, he has made such a tremendous difference, and it's helped big time to turn this club's fortunes around. Some other talking points. No doubt Anthony Griffin, he's going to be under pressure now. Dragons sitting 11th, although my preseason prediction, I predicted the Dragons to finish 11th. So, and that was before a ball was kicked. So Dragons are about exactly where I thought they would be. I made a comment how they have a very bright future and they could be a really strong club in the next four or five years. They just need to let these young guys come through. Although that has been a part of the pressure for Anthony Griffin has been the way he's been bringing these young, young guys through or at times the way he hasn't with guys like Tyrell Sloan, 
a Jaden Sullivan. But then on the flip side, I mean, you look at Talatau Moan and how he played in this one. I think Hook has every reason as to why he should stay on as the coach. Dragon's exactly where I thought they would be at this point of the season. Uh, but apparently that's not good enough. So we'll have to see what happens with Anthony Griffin. For the Raiders, well, they were without their head coach. No Ricky Stewart after the weak gutted dog comment. No Joseph Tarpanay as well, who I think has been the Raiders' best this season. So two big losses, but the Raiders, they managed to get the result. And now on this run, it is still win or go home. They have to win every week from here. They are in ninth place. And they really, they just, they can't afford to lose. It's that simple. My reserve grade performer was from the Raiders, Arta Mariota, who made an appearance a couple of weeks ago off the bench. But Arta Mariota, he's a good kid. I think, I think we'll see more of him in the next couple of years. Ran for over 200 meters. And next up, Raiders, they'll be traveling to Newcastle to take on the Knights, whilst the Dragons will be hosting the Titans in a game that unfortunately has no bearing on the final series, but it does have a bearing on the wooden spoon race. So there's still something to play for in that game. For the Dragons, I mean, you'd have to say they're playing for their coach's future if some of the news cycles are to be believed. So Dragons, Titans up next, and of course Raiders and the Knights. But now we will jump into our last game of round 22, just past the hour mark, so we'll get through this quickly. It's not called the NRL Power Hour for no reason. So let's now sink our teeth into the last game of round 22 as the Gold Coast Titans bring Manly's season to an end. Absolute shambles from the Seagulls. And now for Manly, ironically, they're playing for pride from here on out. So, lol. Uh, unfortunately for Seagulls, they just couldn't get it done. Titans 44 Manly 24, and a full-on bed shit from the Seagulls. Like, let's be honest, I know the Titans were fired up, it's been a really tough time, but I'm sure they've been fired up in other weeks too, they just haven't been up to it. So for the Manly Seagulls, that is definitely concerning, and for Gold Coast, a much-needed win for the Titans, without Tino Fasilmalaawe as well. So, some things to be positive about for Titans fans, for the Seagulls fans, not so much. That was a shocking performance. Most valuable player, I've gone AJ Brimson, who actually stepped up to captain the side in this one. He scored a try, had a try assist, as well as eight tackle breaks. And I thought Brimson was at his electric best in this one. Some of the other stats, Bo Fermor scored two tries. We saw Brian Kelly run for 175 meters, as well as scoring a try. And Jake Trebojevic scored a try and got through 38 tackles. So still plenty of work as always from Jake. We saw coming out of this one as well, Jason Saab looks like it's a pretty serious injury. He won't take further part this year. And we may not even see him at the start of next year. So very unfortunate for Jason. For the Titans, well, they've got two signings coming on the way. One from Manly that I think can make a really big difference and turn things around. You've got Kieran Foran and Sam Verrills. And I think in particular, Sam Verrills is a really big one. I've spoken all throughout the year how I thought creativity out of acting half was a point where the Titans desperately needed to make some change. 
And another big talking point across the whole season has been letting Jamal Fogarty go, an experienced half. So those two signings definitely alleviate a lot of pressure. Karen Foran and Sam Verrills on their way to the Gold Coast next year. For Manly, their finals hopes are gone. They've been very ordinary, not just in this game, but the season as a whole. One win against top eight sides all year. And we've also seen Manasi Finu. I believe he's not going to be allowed back into the NRL. And sorry, don't fact check me because I didn't read the article. Because Sometimes I just don't, okay? Sometimes I just don't need to give them the clicks. Uh, but Manasi Finu, I believe he's not going to be coming back to Manly next year. He did stab someone at church, um, which is interesting. No one really spoke out or stood up against that because, yeah. Uh, but yeah, not not the best to do that. And now Finu, who an outstanding dummy half. Like, he actually could turn Manly around, I believe. And I think they were waiting for him and they were waiting for him to, to find out that he may not be coming back. That's a big blow for the Seagulls, who now sit in 10th place. They're three wins out of the eight. That is it for them this year. But for the Gold Coast Titans, well, they are moving up on the world. 15th place Titans, now potentially not getting that wooden spoon. My reserve grade performer, I went with Paul Turner, who was outstanding at fullback for Tweed Heads in the Queensland Cup. Paul wasn't able to put his best foot forward when he got his start at the Titans, but I'm a big fan of his. He is a former warrior. I was sad we let him go, and he's been very consistently quality at reserve grade level. Next up, we've got Titans up against the Dragons, whilst Manly hosts the Cronulla Sharks in what should be a very intriguing game. But look, for my thoughts on all the games coming up in round 23, I'll save that for the weekly preview to be recorded and released tomorrow, Tuesday. So I'll be going through all the games in the round, previews, predictions, talking points, and we know the rugby league cycle. Like, There's definitely going to be a couple of things come out by the time I sit down and record. Even since I started recording, we've seen Kellen Ponga, Kurt Mann, videoed coming out of a cubicle. Mainly, my main take on that, like I don't know what they were doing in there. Maybe he was sick. Maybe they were doing cocaine. But my main take on that is fuck the flop recording on their phone. It's just shit behavior. And honestly, I reckon what was looked at harsher in society is going into the cubicles and doing coke. But I reckon we need to start taking a more harsh stance on these flops who are recording it and posting it. Like, I just, that's not cool. It's fucking lame. And yeah, now Kalen Ponga, does he find himself in trouble? Like, oh my god. First footy player ever to do cocaine. Like, goodness gracious. Anyway, we'll see what else arises in the footy cycle. I'm sure there's going to be plenty, so I'll save that for the eight games coming up in the round 23 preview. That is it from me for today. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did, make sure to follow us over on Instagram at NotJustASportsReport. And you can also follow us on whatever podcast platform you are listening on. And you'll be able to see as soon as the round 23 preview is out. That is it from me though. So until the weekly preview, thanks for listening and take care.